don't think I got nothing left, do you? Well, Rock, let's, let's put it this way. You know, three years ago, you were supernatural. You was, you was hard and you was nasty and, and you had this cast iron jaw. But then the worst thing happened to you that could happen to any fighter. You got civilized. Do you expect me to talk? To episode 70 of Do Expect Us Talk. I'm your host, Becca, and joining me as always are the amazing Dave and Chris. How are you? Feeling amazing, thank you very much. In my case, I'm slightly disappointed because I had it in my head yesterday I was going to buy some bourbons for this and I forgot. Aww. Oh. So I don't even have the official biscuit. I'm disgusted. Well, I'm at least it's got a mention. Bourbons. <laughs> bourbons <laughs> to you. Oh, bourbons to you. No editorialising, just laying out the facts. Yeah, bourbons. I, I, do, I do have a question. Well, what's the difference between bourbons and uh, chocolate creams? One's a chocolate cream. <laughs> the other one's a bourbon. No, but is, is there actually any difference? Like, is, it, is, it, is it a different biscuit? I don't know. I'm quite, I'm, quite just... lo- I'm quite loyal to bourbons. I don't fool around. <laughs> one's like a branded product. And the other one's from like Tesco Value or Aldi or Lidl or something. All right. Other biscuits are available. Yeah. Well, they're not really, but... <laughs> Well, they are, but we just don't, like, you know, advise them. <laughs> no, if you want to follow along with we our rants, then go we, with bourbons. We don't approve of any of the biscuits. We don't approve. No, we no. don't. Don't even fucking joke about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a bourbon. It's not coming in. Right. Anyway. So it's a business. <laughs> if it's not a bourbon, it's not coming in. Go on, Becca, what are we talking about? <laughs> Completely unrelated to biscuits. <laughs> oh, put it in full. We do watch Rocky 3. Yay! Oh dear, that's my Mr. T impression over and done with. It's brilliant. You won't hear it again. I'm not sure about that. Should we, should unless we hear you it again? Enjoy the episode. Unless you enjoy the episode and play it again. <laughs> Have it on constant repeat. Yeah. I'll do all the crap impressions. But no, this week, it's all about Rocky 3, the sequel we were all expecting. Um, the, the second series of the uh, the gritty boxing drama that was Rocky. And all the hair and makeup and sweat and baby oil. <laughs> I, I'm not going to go there, I've decided. Uh, anyway, <laughs> we'll go there at some point, but that'll be later on in the series. Anyway, guess, guess who's in this movie? Guess, guess, guess. Um, Rocky Marciano. Yeah. Rocky Graciano. Is it Robert De Niro? Is he in the film? Not this That's time. Rocky and Bullwinkle. Oh, uh, okay. Starring Stavis Stallone, Bert Young, Talia Shire, Burgess Meredith, Carl Weathers, Mr. Duke, Hulk Hogan, with music by Bill Conti, written and directed by Sly, and released in 1982. The year I was born. Oh. This is like... Oh. I was going to say something... Something special happened this, this year, and of course this, it's the year of your birth. It was, uh, it was you know, the, one, of the, one of the years... It was the same year as... Um, 
Rafa Khan as well, wasn't it? Yes. Mm, very and, good movie here, nineteen eighty-two. And John Carpenter's The Thing and E.T. And I, I can't remember any of us off the top of my head, but I think those those are the ones, key ones that stand out. Very good out year. I think Terms of Endearment was the previous year. But porn parodies have quite a fast turnaround, so I imagine Sperms of Endearment was this year. <laughs> <laughs> Particularly back then, I was probably just like filmed on a camcorder and just gone, right, <laughs> no, I'll do. If there's ever an offshoot of like porno alternate versions of movies, I think Dave, you'd be the go-to guy. <laughs> I don't tend to watch all of them. <laughs> all of even them, in, even in, even individual films, I don't watch that much of. <laughs> Ten minute preview would do me. All right. Yeah, what, do, uh, <laughs> what do you think to Mr. T's movie debut? Oh, Mr. T's awful. I mean, he's, um, this this film's. Um, I, I said it. I said in the first film that this this series kind of goes along with with Sly's career. Not only in that he does an edition of this every few years through his career but they do kind of reflect where he is this is a 17 million film so they've more than doubled the budget from last time very high grossing comparative to the rest of the series it took 270 million um but when i was looking at this film uh the gold the raspberries the razzies the golden raspberry awards uh worst new star he got a nomination mr t he's not very good in it but he's not there to be good. He's there to provide a, a distinctive-looking threat. I don't know. I think. I think. He, I mean, he does what he's required to do, and he is. I mean, is he the greatest actor? No. But then no. He, his his job is to be. I'm going to be like an arrogant, loudmouth prat who who desperately wants like beating. He, de- he de- you know desperately like wants to. Uh, mm. look, you know, I think. Look, when, look, I look think to, when you watch them all together, Chris they start to suffer around now because Apollo was reasonably well drawn and they're they're not from now on. This is the first good bad film we've done for a while. I watched it today. Uh, I've seen it many times, obviously, but I watched it again today and it's all over the shop. I mean, it really is. It's 20 minutes shorter than the first two, which were more or less the same length as each other. That in itself is a problem, but they don't have a lot of story to tell here. And it's all over the place because they get to certain plot points and I keep calling up a time check. And it's like, Christ, they crammed all that into like four minutes. And, you know, you're at 25 minutes before you get to the end of all the wrestling stuff we'll get to. So it's a bit all over the shop. It's it's definitely glitzy and glamorous. The other thing I found amusing about this film is, is Stallone by this point is now, you know, a, a toned uh, bodybuilding sort of presence in the film. What made me smile is his weights are announced through this film. When he, when he goes in with Thunderlips, he's at 202. And when he goes in for the final fight of the film, he's 191. Sylvester Stallone, in reality, was actually £155 for this film, uh, which is £1 over the light middleweight limit. And his body weight was some. His body fat was something like two and a half percent. He looks so it ripped has, in this film. He really he does. Looks he does look good. Ripped in this film. It's fun. I, I can't knock that. It's it's a little bit like I think the film I'm about to liken it to is better than this. But it's a little bit like Star Trek 09. In that okay. you start picking fault with it, and I go, yeah, you're absolutely right. And yes, you're absolutely right about that. And it, it's not really very good, and it's not particularly well written. But 
it's a lot of fun. And, and if I'm damning it with faint praise or sounding patronizing, then I'm sorry, I really don't mean to because it's enjoyable. But there's a lot of silliness in this film that I, I think the next film knows it's silly. I'm not sure this one does. And I think that's the difference. It's a much better film than Rocky Four, in my opinion. But this film still thinks it has something to say. And it's not saying it very well. Talia Shire is extremely poorly served by this film. And we'll get into that when we get to it. There's a reprise of some of the awful dialogue from the second film. And we'll get into it. Uh, Carl Weathers is, you know, most valuable player again. I think he's terrific again. Um, and I enjoy it. I, I think it's an enjoyable film. But it would be an enjoyable film if I more so if I remembered the first two and stuck this on three three months later. But I'm sticking it on like five or six days after we recorded Rocky Two. And that in itself was a step down for the first film. In objective quality, as far as I'm concerned, this is a step down again. But because it's a switch in tone to something a lot more cartoonish and fun in tone, it gets away with it. Becca, what do you think of it? This is your first viewing, was it, of, of Rocky Three? Yep, definitely, yeah. I've managed to squeeze in a couple of viewings. Um, it's that's a good sign, film. Becca. Sorry to interrupt you, but that's a really good sign because all of them you've watched twice before we've viewed. Before yeah, I'm trying, we've to, I'm trying to squeeze yeah. in at least two. <laughs> but you can't but hate viewings. them too much. Well, if you're Becca likes to suffer for her art. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, viewings of the films, not anything else. Yeah, definitely. There's a there's a marked change in tone compared to the other two films. Um, I think it has something to do with how um, how Sterling kind of wants Rocky's life to be to be portrayed, obviously, because it's it's changed significantly since the last film. Um, even like the montage at the beginning shows him, you know, compared to the the adverts they did previously. Um, you know, he's not made to <laughs> not made to read any dodgy signs. Um, he's obviously a season pro it now. He's not made. To, well. He's not made to smeal manly. <laughs> Mainly, yeah. I can't say it without laughing. I'm sorry, um, but no, he doesn't have to do that anymore. Um, but I think it's how and it's like the use of camera shots are different. It's more fluid. Um, it looks more professional. There's no kind of use of handheld, as it were, um, just because it's uh, its whole life has basically been been turned upside down um, by you know by sort of the media interest. Um, yeah, it's, so it's more slick in in that respect. Um, I would probably say I found it to be the funniest of the three that I've seen so far. Maybe not intentionally at times. Mm-hmm. Um, Carl Weathers is, is brilliant. I think he shines the brightest in this film. Um, I love Mr. T. I was a massive fan of the A-Team back in the day. Um, so I think he's amazing. He's not the greatest actor here, but he, he does he does the job. He does a Chris is absolutely right, though, isn't he? Yeah, for everything I've yeah, just said, he, he does what he's hired for. Exactly. He, he plays the part well. He's the perfect mm. antagonist for this film. Um, and, you, I, you know, the, towards, like, the last part of the film, and I kind of thought, oh, my God, you know, he's Rocky's really going down. Um, I love Hulk Hogan's cameo in this. I think that was brilliant. Um, I was a fan of his back in the day, bizarrely. I'm less keen of that, but then I don't like <laughs> wrestling. No, actually, he's, he's, he's mm. hilarious. Um, and all that kind of... Because, that's what it's all about. It was wasn't about sort of the wrestling moves so much. It's all about the Mikizano and how you're perceived for the audience and just so much fun. I think um, there's a few things at play here, Becca, in terms of the style of the film. Just a couple of points for you. You continue. No, no, that's, I, that's I, pretty much I, it. I, re- I remember George Foreman when he made George Foreman made a comeback in about 1987. It ended with him winning a version of the t- title in well, two versions of the title in '94. 
at the age of 45, very nearly 46. Wow. Um, and he was, he didn't have an attractive body, let's put it that way. He was overweight and all the rest of it. And he said that because of films like this, and he may even have mentioned Rocky Three. I'm not sure, but he said that a, a bodybuilder's body isn't necessarily a boxer's body. The, the the whole style of Hollywood, and Chris will know more about this being an action fan than me, at this stage has turned much more towards that aesthetic, the oiled fucking muscled guy. So that's, that's why we see a lot more of it in, in Rocky IV, I'm guessing. But but I think also, oh, it's ridiculous in four. I mean, <laughs> Stallone doesn't look much different, but there's something in the way they move, and I'll get to it next week. But I, I do think that... I think it's just Sloan's general physique at that time. I think it's just like, at that time, he was that physique anyway. But since he get he became more popular, he just leaned up a lot more and sort of like, and just gained the muscle. So you think, okay, well, Rocky's... I think they just changed it around that aspect, really, rather than... I think you're probably right, but certainly, I mean, Mr. T's ripped as well, isn't he? Yeah. They wouldn't have hired... Well, when you think forward to Creed and the guy that... Well, they no, Creed was ripped, though, in fairness. No, Creed... but his opponent wasn't, and his opponent's a real boxer. It's real. It, it, his opponent's a real boxer called Tony Ballou. He beat um, David Hay about a month ago. Um, but... George Foreman point point holds true that you can't look at someone and go they're ripped they're going to be brilliant yeah on that basis Frank Bruno would have been one of the greatest heavyweights of all time which he was better than he was given credit for but he wasn't an all-time great but I think all, the, the film does tell you a lot about where Stallone is here and as much as I've started off by saying the film has less to say I'm about to contradict myself, actually, because this film actually shows you exactly what fame can do to somebody. What do you think, Chris? I mean, yeah, I mean, I think you've kind of said it all, like, I think, between you and Becca. It, it, it's basically, it, it's Rocky done through the same, going for the same motions. Um, it has a few things that you say, I say, like the fame aspect. I think it handles that stuff kind of well. Rocky as a character has appeared to have changed somewhat. Probably a little bit too much since last time. I I, I did generally feel after this viewing, uh, he, he's seen he's very much more articulate and very much you know he's not as much he's not doesn't come, come across as quite the dope as he used to do. It's skewing cl- well, yes and no in the. But I think it, it's Rocky's, kind of- Rocky's actually less self-aware in this film, but it skews closer to the real Stallone. Yes, I think it's definitely more like uh, just your general lead actor kind of kind of sort of thing. I mean, the character is still there, but it's not the it's not as full as like uh, um, just I'm kind of like a big dope who's just not kind of like fully aware of everything that's going on around him. He's a lot more articulate. He's able to read cue cards this time. So he's do, so you see at the very beginning he's doing adverts. He's doing credit cards adverts and things like that. He's actually he's getting up doing speeches. Fine. He's not like He's very much like I think he's kind of grown into the idea that he is a celebrity. Um, so I mean, it, the film does kind of explain it in that sense. I like it's something that he's just like learned and got used to. Um, so and but, we see that we yeah. see that with sportsmen who first come along. I mean, even sportsmen we don't think of as traditionally bright. And I mean, let's think of like a Wayne Rooney, David for Beckham. example. Well, look at their interviews now or at the end of their careers or post-career in Beckham's case. And then look at them when they were first put in front of a camera on Match of the Day or something. Yeah. And they haven't suddenly become witty raconteurs. 
but they've relaxed into what the demands of the job were. I remember Wayne Rooney, for example. I don't know if he still does this because I don't watch a lot of football, but very early in his career, whenever he was interviewed, he was constantly touching his face, and that's a sign of nerves if you talk yeah. to any sort of um, body, body language, language yeah. experts. Yeah. Um, Rocky has was learning to read in the last film, and it's now three years later, so I actually buy the advert advertisement yeah reasonably well because i just think well yeah he would look at it and go i need to master this but i think i think it's just an extension of everything else i mean like just generally in how he is he doesn't he's kind of lost that kind of dopey ask aspect of him so in, in a way he's kind of grown up in some regards um <laughs> But, well, he talks about it later, doesn't he, yeah. Adrian, where he talks about it's not just me now, it's you as well. It, and you could see that he would be like, I, I, right, I've now got to step up and do this because I could be like a dopey bum when it was just me. Yeah. So I think it does explain it, but it, it is noticeable the fact that, okay, we've gone from this film to this film and he's almost, you can see the clear difference between the two. You almost sort of, he almost feels a little bit too much of a leap. Almost, uh, but you know, but I think it just that just sums up Rocky Three in general. It's kind of like replaced the grit that was in uh, the first Rocky for like the sheen of your typical Hollywood blockbuster. Um, I I think it's you know it's, it's a very typ- very stereotypical uh, story that sells. I mean, it's pretty much the same Rocky thing except that he he loses everything and then has to get it back in the end. That's the only real difference we 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 see this time round. Um, I do think that I do think the fight. I mean, I actually quite like the fact that the fights are actually quite shorter, uh, not in actual running time length. I don't think, but in terms of the the only last like one or two, uh, two or three rounds this time round. But I think the the match uh, ends and oh, the, the 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 boxing actually plays more in real time than it does in the the, the previous films. It it feels very much like as you watch it. I don't know if it actually goes on as long as the match would, but that's how it feels. Had I had a little bit more time, I was going to replay the final round of the rematch because that felt in the same way that Rocky, the first fight, had a notoriously short final round. This seemed very long. It's all right, but again, it's got some stylistic things in it that really go on into four as well that I do have a problem with. Not deal-breaking problems, but enough that I go, yeah, they've lost something here. I always preferred the fights in these films when I was younger because the punches felt more real and solid. Yeah. Um, that's completely reversed as an adult. I think the punches are ludicrous, but we'll get there. I I, I mean, I, it is funny because I do have fond memories of watching this like as a kid in, in the living room with parents. So I do remember actually really getting behind the film. So the, the, so nostalgia does play a part in when, when it comes to watching this. You know, it, you know, it is... It is like a, a loose uh, retelling of you know what we've seen before, but it's done in like a a bit more of a a, a fun, frothier kind of way that you kind of don't mind. You know, it's like it, it's also I, I suppose when you put this in with the others, it, it's kind of like a nice change of pace as well. So I think that's something to be said when you're watching this as like a, as a series and you're watching this as like you know compared to the other ones, which are kind of a little bit more you know sort of a grimmer, a little bit more like grittier. It is a little, it's a little bit more of like a nice change of pace. It's a little bit more, okay. Well, we've got a little bit of brightness here now, uh, and we'll get to 
sensationalism next time around. But um, but yeah, I think it's a nice sort of sort of change of gear in its defence. Yeah, I mean, what could you have done with the third film? Would yeah. you have had him still living in some fucking bedsit? Well, exactly. You know, no, I mean? yeah, you need to kind of advance. I think him, we, don't you? we needed to see what fame would do to him. But I think there are... I know Rocky's not the brightest, but when Chris says he's smarter in this film, he's right in every stylistic way, but in terms of the decisions he makes... Yes, yeah. And the, I, I yeah, actually he still think, hasn't got that far. I, 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 I actually think, I think it's even worse. I think it's it's a bit like Prometheus. You've got to have the main character be a complete wanker in order to make the plot work. I think he's just kind of like ignorant or just not... Maybe not ignorant, it's probably... The, the wrong word, but he's just a bit oblivious. He's a bit too like he's comfortable in his own, in his own environment. That he's just he's just kind of lost what it mean, you know, quite what it means. You know, he's it's he, sort of become a bit complacent, hasn't he? I think kind of yeah. I think I'm, I'm, I'm plus also as as the as the plot develops, you know, there's a reason for that as well. You know, is it something that he didn't even realize himself? No, so, and that's why it's such a shock when he loses. Yeah, mm-hmm. spoiler alert. Even that, I have. A bit of a problem with but we'll get to it Let, let's get into the film scene by scene okay so if the film starts off as typical uh, rocky fashion we see like the uh the end of rocky 2 previously right? on rocky yeah we yeah. see seen beat creed and um you know in, in a way that annoys dave how they both fall and get <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah i mean it doesn't ruin the film but i mean what i like about it is that sequence finishes and i did do time checks on this it finishes at something like three minutes and a couple of seconds and then it and then the eye of the tiger kicks in which is actually the demo not the version you would get on the um the soundtrack and that sequence takes us through to something like 650 something so it's nearly four minutes and that four minutes tells you what happens between he beats creed and where we find him at the start of that film now maybe i'm over egging this but I've always thought that was absolutely masterful. Well, the, the montage. Yeah. So he compares to, let's just say, other montages. And I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just like, I'm just, I, I'm just wondering, how, uh, how does it compare? I mean, is it just down to the fact that it just tell, it just says quite a lot of story in, in a short space I, of time? Uh, if you look at most montages, they're there. And this is almost in the Team America lyrics. Yeah. that It's almost there to mark the passing of time. Yeah. Uh, you've got him. Improvement each you've time. got him untrained, and then you've got him ready to fight. So they stick a montage between the two for yeah. you showing him. And the only bit of storytelling is how committed he is or isn't, um, and how. And when we get to Rocky Four, how natural he is or isn't, because obviously there's a comparison in that film to how Drago's training. What I love about this film is it, it's almost like comic book panels in places. You could almost like take a still shot and just have them as comic book panels to yeah. tell the same story that we see Rocky's wins the title. He goes on to defend it. I think we get through something like his first six defenses. We see that he's at Madison square garden for one, which is like, you know, the, the, the Mecca of boxing. I know most fights now tend to be in like gambling heartlands like Las Vegas, but historically Madison Square Garden was a big thing in boxing. So he's ascended to the top of his game. You see he's, a few uh, newspaper headlines still ends up depicting how popular he actually is as well. So Yeah, exactly. And it and it appears to be front page news, not back page news, but then that may be a Philadelphia newspaper. I haven't really paid much attention to that bit. 
and he, and he's going around the world as well because yeah. you see him like knocking out the German champion, and you see a, a board at an airport flipping around to whatever location. I think it stops on Paris, so maybe he fights the German champ there. I don't know, but we get through about six defenses, and then we start seeing advertisements, and they look really professional. You've got him advertising American Express is the one where you see him as in a moving image. But then you see a lot of stills of magazines for like Maserati. There's and... Muppets as well. He's on goes on the Muppets or Sesame Street. The Muppets was actually Sylvester Stallone's real appearance. Yeah. And they got Jim Henson to redub it as Rocky Balboa. Fun fact dates. Yeah. <laughs> Which is quite interesting. Yeah. But yeah, he's a was, star. Yeah, quite good about it. And then we get to like, and when you think about the song, not only is it very, very well edited to the song, but you get to you get to the basically the middle of the song, and then the second half of the song is Lang Clubber Lang, and he's training whilst Rocky is enjoying Christmas and doing a telethon and going for you know going out to some field or a picnic with Adrian or something like that. Not only that, he's what he's watching his matches as well with like a kind of. Mickey is watching the matches, so well, well, Clang is also watching uh, Rocky's matches, sort of like. Oh yeah, kind of like... sorry, and he walks out in disgust yeah. as well. Yeah. And you're not quite sure why, because it looks pretty efficient. But anyway, again, it's a movie, so every fight's a knockout. I mean, Clubber Lang, the second fight we show, they we see of him, he hits the guy while he's on one knee. That would have been either a disqualification or a no contest, but it's a film. But I just think it's masterful storytelling because it starts with fireworks. So that would have been, they had a big party for him in his hometown. He fights a number of fights, so he's successful. He's, you know, not bulked up, but toned up, if you like. So he's looking ripped. Adrian's at ringside, so she's clearly been brought into the life, even though she's got reservations about Rocky fighting. He's fighting at major locations that mean something in boxing history. He's getting around the world. He's on the front cover of things like Time. He's advertising extremely well-known products. They didn't go for, like, dodgy Ken's cars. They went for, like, fucking Maserati. <laughs> dodgy Ken's yeah, cars. Yeah, you know, they went for Maserati and American Express. Blue chip um, Yeah, really brand big branded products. And against that, everything everything Clubber Lang is shot very Spartan. It's shot... I just think it's absolutely masterful. So we get to the end of this film, and we got headlines for him as well. So we know that Rocky's had a number of defences. We don't know it's 10 until he's talking to Mickey later. But we know it's at least six. And in fact, I think we saw two or three after that. So we could divine it's at least eight. We know that Clubber Lang is now the number one contender. And we also know, know Rocky's really enjoying his home life and making a lot of money out of peripherals of boxing. And all of that got told to. I've just talked for longer than the sequence. The sequence yeah. was about three minutes and fifty seconds. And and as you said, you have like Mickey um, a ringside watching Clubber Lang, sort of like obviously. So that tells the story that Mickey's aware about Lang, and and has a concerned look on him. That's so, the one. That, uh, there are several things that don't ring true to me. One of them is the fact that Rocky doesn't appear to know about Clubber Lang. Yeah, and that was I, a bit. That was a bit bizarre. It's like, well, if everybody else I mean, knows about him, how does he? How does he not know? I know Rocky's not bright, but surely if this guy is absolutely steaming through the division and at least be on his radar, you think he'd know who he was? I, I guess the film plays it in a way that um, he just listens to the people he trusts, which is probably like Mickey and Paulie or whoever. Just and, and, and yeah, and he's, he's he's not bothered about anything else. So literally, if his only line of information is from Mickey, and Mickey's keeping that from him. 
I mean, I mean, from what the film sells us anyway, you know. I, I find it difficult to believe he doesn't know who he is. Yeah. But also, when he starts saying to him, we'll, we'll get back to this scene in a bit, because we will get to the scene in sequence. But when he's talking to Mickey later, and Mickey says, it tells him that the fighters he fought were Mickey protecting him. And he yeah. says, what, they were setups." And I'm thinking, well, you'd have to have no knowledge of the boxing scene at all to have no idea whether the guy in front of you is a live contender or not. So it plays on Rocky's complete obliviousness to a slightly excessive degree. And again, it's the film needing to do that to make the story work. doesn't ruin it, but it's just a bit like, no, I don't buy that at well, all. It's just like when Mickey says, like, yeah, they're, they're, they're good fighters, but they weren't. Yeah, they were decent fighters. They weren't. But Rocky, for a second, thinks they're fixes. Yeah. Because that's how it kind of, like, sounds at first. And he says, no, they, yeah. were, they were good fighters, but they weren't, like, they, they weren't pr- proper, like, threats, really. They were, you know, like, not like this guy who is, like, a pure animal. They weren't, they weren't wrecking balls. Yeah. You know? um, don't we start with a scene with Paulie? We do. He's... Basically, he's drunk as usual. Um, and this is kind of like an odd storyline for me because it, it seems sort of like it, it opens as if it's going to be like like a, like a different part of the story, and it's like over and done with it by the beginning of the film. And it's, it always kind of puzzled me, like why why that's the case? Because because um, because in, in the montage you see Paulie looking a bit resentful and he's drinking a little bit. He's looking a bit envious of Rocky. And in it, and then by the end 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 of the uh, I have the tiger bit, you see him like walking around, walks into like an arcade. He's drinking. He sees a uh, the like rocky pin, pinball machine, pin, pinball machine, and he sort of like just eyes up with a scornful look, and he just throws the bottle at him at, at, at the machine, and he gets arrested. Well, you cut to scene, he's actually in jail. Rocky picks him up. It's a very convoluted way of getting him into the story and into Rocky's corner, and it's yeah, just it a, a bit. bit pointless yeah. almost because yeah i just I, I kind of feel like it's over a bit too quickly it's just basically you know because he's jealous and he's sort of arguing you know i've basically given you everything rocky why don't you get you know why don't you look out for me you're only looking out for number one and that's all that's our kind of backstory because we didn't see very much of him in the last film i kind of feel as if stallion's crowbarring him in almost i mean yeah um, and it's, it's even like at, at the very end when he actually does literally get in his get poorly into his corner everybody else's names on the back of the shirt says rocky and his is the only one obviously says poorly but it's just like, you know, he's 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 brought him into his inner circle, but excuse me, inner circle. But he's also he's also um isolated him a little in, in that kind of way, just to say, Oh yeah, it's just by by kind of you know, it's, it's not it's not important. But um but at the same time, you know, you're there but it's not doing th- any major role. I mean it's I think it becomes a problem next week. I, I really do, because next week you've got you you've got to keep Adrian involved and it it's already a problem this week and we'll get there. Yeah, and no, I agree. Keep, and you've got to keep Paulie involved. And they seem to forget they've got a child. But also, they're kind of... No one cares about Caesar. They're kind of crowbarred in a little bit. and it becomes, juggling so many balls it, and you can only it keep becomes a problem. in the air. I, I just think, I love Bert Young and I'm really glad he's in it. But I think actually the sensible thing would have been not to have him in this. I, I, yeah, to kind of like touch on basically what both of you have said. I mean, uh, like what Becca was saying, you, you don't even know why. I mean, I, I can kind of see exactly why. Uh, they they looked they looked at the actual story and try and figure it out. Okay, or well, Bert Young was probably complaining that he's got 
not get, being given anything to do. So we had to write write this thing at the beginning to kind of like justify him being in the film almost, get to, basically to give him something to do. That's what it kind of feels like to me. I think it does pay dividends down the line in that when you get to something like Rocky Balboa, I'm really glad Paulie's in that. And the regrets he has as a character at that point are all built to by events of these films. So in some respects, him being here makes Rocky Balboa a better film, but I think it makes Rocky, I think it compromises Rocky three. Not seriously, but it, it is just a little bit like it's tighter in terms of its running time, but there's less control on the elements of it. There's just a bit like, well, why have you even put him there? I know what you mean. It's, it's like you're looking at it from a grand scheme of things and, you, and you're glad they've kept him. But, yeah, but, but from a film-to-film basis, it's like, ah, uh, you not really... judge what's in front of you. Yeah. He's forced into this. He's a little bit forced into four. Adrian becomes a problem now. But again, if you got, if you got rid of Adrian after two, that takes away a lot of the impact of the later film. So I'm kind of glad she's here. I mean, you, but you, only because of what we're going to talk about in three weeks' time. You kind of wish they just kind of just like downplayed it more as like more like cameo type roles, more more than like so. So it's not to sort of like they, they're still there, they still exist, and they're still in the places where they they were. Just that they're just not the focus of the story. Or just, kind of put, or just put him in Rocky's corner. I mean, I know you've got a trainer who is obviously a, a, an integral part of the team, and I know you've got a cut man who has. A specific skill, but like something has to hold. But whenever you watch, whenever whenever you watch a fight, there's you know there's four or five people in the corner. Somebody's got to hold the spit bucket, <laughs> which is effectively what he's doing anyway. That's what probably does. He gets so, spat so, on accidentally, so, didn't he, at the end of the yeah, film? So just have him there. You don't need this scene. No, you don't. I mean, no, it's, it's a bit superfluous. I mean, I, I haven't got a problem with like Paulie or. Um, Adrian or you know anybody else, even you know Mickey, sort of being there, I just kind of feel a bit. They do feel a bit crowbarred in. That's my only issue, really. As I say, I, I don't mind them being there. I don't dislike them. Um, they do their roles really well. Though I do feel a bit sorry for Adrian. Um, yeah, I, I just really feel a bit feel kind of sorry for him crowbarred in a little bit. When what makes me smile though is uh, it ends up with him saying that he wants a job, that they've had all this success, and he's just jealous. That's all it is. He's he a is. bitter man. That his sister is now married to like a majorly wealthy celebrity. As much as I think that I understand that, it really is him just saying, "Can I have a job?" And the funny thing about that is, Rocky's about to retire, so a job doing what? <laughs> the very next, the very next scene, he goes and fucking retires. I. Uh- God knows, personal chauffeur. I don't know. I mean, I never thought about that before. I just said, yeah, no. Like, he said, yeah, yeah. driver. There we are. Yeah. No, didn't didn't say how long it'll be for though. But uh... it's basically the same as last time, wasn't it? Yeah, he was on the pay- he's he's giving us a job. I, I, I guess, I guess the resentment is kind of similar to what uh, I was saying last week about like uh, that that male pride. If it's like you know, I mean, Rocky's there being like the the, the guy earning, earning the money. And he's just kind of like hanging off the coattails, and it's that little bit of like, well, what do I do? What do I provide? So extension slowing offering him a job is kind of like helps that in some way. It's like, okay, well, I've actually do something now. I'm actually a part of something rather than just hanging around for the sake of it. If you know what I mean. So I, I guess you know, it's, I think it's well done. I just think when you when it's when it kicks off the start of the film, 
it kind of plays like it's going to be uh, like an actual significant part of the film. Like at some point, Paul is going to actually betray uh, Rocky uh, over something. It needs you know? a script editor because yeah. anyone who anyone who read the whole thing would go back and say, "What's the point of that?" Yeah, but we know we know he's an asshole. It plays kind of funny as well because you got Rocky there. He's the world heavyweight champion. He's trying to fight him. <laughs> I know because it's because it's Sylvester Stallone who ain't particularly big anyway, and not that intimidating, particularly in a suit where you can't see the muscles and stuff. It's not a big deal, but I always look at that and think I can't imagine like some little bald bloke trying to fight Lennox Lewis or something <laughs> in a car park or, or Mike Tyson or something. So yeah, I mean that's okay. But then we cut forward to the sort of gala thing at at the philadelphia i I think it's an art a museum isn't it oh sorry did we do thunder lips before the retirement thing yes i must say that name did make me cringe a little bit (laughs) well it could have been worse it could have been thunder thighs or thunder something else well it was kind of when i watched the dvd before like i'm I'm sure the announcer just went thunder and it kind of like i was like what what would he say after it? Was it hips? What what? Oh. I can't imagine it would have been Thundercunt. You know, what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> they would have put that across my mind. Yeah, I thought it might have done. This sequence goes on too long. It's in, it's entertaining as like a little vignette. Yeah, but in the in the whole scheme of this film, it finishes at like twenty three, twenty four minutes into the film. It's way too long. It is based on a kind of reality because um, back in the 70s, uh, Muhammad Ali had like a, 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 you know, an exhibition with a major wrestler of the day. And this is all for charity. The only thing that made me laugh is the headline said it's raised 75 grand. And I'm thinking, how much are they charging for tickets if that's a full arena? Yeah, really? That's cheap. Are they charging like three dollars each or something? That's just well, crap. I don't know. I suppose the time as well, you know. <laughs> but, yeah, inflation, but they, yeah, prices, but things like that. There's TV there. They will have paid for the rights. They had TV commentators there. But anyway, he has a wrestling match with Hulk Hogan, the Ultimate Male Thunderlips. <laughs> <laughs> Hulk Hogan. Oh my god. Yeah, basically <laughs> dressed like a musketeer. Well. <laughs> Yeah, he does wear an odd costume, but yeah, um, it's yeah, it's, it's it's a bit of an odd one, but I kind of like it because it kind of it kind of has that blurred sort of sense of reality of like, is wrestling real or is it kind of is it just showmanship? Like, yeah, it's, it's kind of like a really weird kind of like way of doing it, and I think it kind of gets away with it quite in a kind of a sly kind of way. I've never particularly liked wrestling because I mean, firstly. All the trash talk's a bit ridiculous. Uh, and secondly, it's kind of weirdly homoerotic. They're always really, really oiled and fucking bleached hair and stuff. But I think the major thing is it's not real. But if you're a wrestling fan listening to this, I don't mean to like disrespect what you like. Because there's no doubt they're phenomenally well trained. And most of the pain they put on each other is kind of real. I think they do actually genuinely hurt each other in the course of doing this and they're quite incredibly trained athletes so i think it's easy to look at it as a non-fan and go well it's not real therefore he wouldn't really hurt rocky but my understanding is that's not how it works they do actually hurt each other and he gives rocky a bit of a kicking doesn't he he does i mean like i mean touch on like wrestling i mean wrestling is to me it's basically a soap opera with muscles and spandex (laughs) 
And, you know, yeah. and I think that's why it kind of works. It's that kind of escapism with a little bit of like spectacle and pedazz. You know, I think it's why people actually get behind it because it is very much on, sh- on showmanship uh, more, more than anything. Uh, and it's more accessible as well. Yeah, maybe. I mean, the storylines well might seem dumb on paper, but you know, when you really get behind it, they are they they, they, they are entertaining as as anything, which is probably why wrestling sucks at the moment because the storylines are crap. Um, but. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it, it, I think it kind of blurs the line because, like, you know, Rocky's there expecting, like, kind of the assumption that, oh, well, you know, it's just fake, it's just for show, so he's there, like, sort of, like, tapping, oh, is this okay, this okay? And Hulk Hogan just, like, goes, no, nope. <laughs> just slams you know, him. Just keeps slamming. Yeah, yeah. body slam. <laughs> so, I don't know how realistic this is because, I mean, he seems to start hitting, like, security and stuff like yeah. that. I mean, regardless, I mean, as a plot point, it's meant to be. Rocky's famous, therefore he has crossover appeal. And also he's into charity and stuff. Oh, and also um, we see Mickey's... Mickey appears to suffer a minor heart attack at ringside. Yeah. He certainly gets chest pains. Um, He's not very well, is he? So let's just say he has a minor heart attack because that's probably close to the truth. Um, So as a plot point, it doesn't need the... 10 minutes it takes to tell this bit no it, it, no, it does take it does drag out just a little bit mm. i know but guess when when your film's already like what just over 90 minutes and it doesn't hurt to kind of like yeah. dra- dra- drag it, drag this drag out the, like sort of like another little uh a ringside action uh should we say um yeah, absolutely and, and plus it's also i think maybe at the time it's like it's it's rocky like probably like cinema's most popular boxer versus Hulk Hogan, probably the most popular wrestler. So it's also like that kind of like, well, when we're going to see this, let's, you know, let's, let's, let's divulge in this kind of moment for a bit, you know, especially at that time, I guess. Yeah, I think so. I don't really have a problem with it, but the film's absolutely all over the place because at about 24 minutes or whatever it is, this bit ends, right? He's lost his title by about ninety-seven, uh, by about thirty-seven minutes in, or something. It, it's really fast. We go from this to Rocky going to an unveiling of his statue, uh, which is the the museum of art that we mentioned ten minutes ago when I forgot this scene. Um, and he's giving his speech about how the town had taken him to his heart three years ago. Shifting timeline, these films, the, the kid ages quite strangely, but then he is an ape, to be fair. They might age different. <laughs> Half ape with his hair. Um, but yeah, it's, it's three years now, and we know from when what comes up at the end of the fight. This is 1981 at this point. It's 1982 by the end of the film. So three years means he won the title in 78, and we know it was 76. So it is a shifting timeline. And also his son is clearly four or five, not like two or three. So that's fine. But um, you've got, he, he's given it, and like Mr. T is there. And what makes me smile about this is two things. Firstly, he says to Adrian later, come to my apartment tonight. And I'm thinking, well, are you from Philadelphia too then? Because that was, that, was, that was never sold to us. What, what, come to my apartment in Oregon? I mean, what, what the fuck? Right? Hey, where did that come from? <laughs> um, and Rocky's clearly never fucking heard of him. It's just a bit odd. But the bit before Mickey says, you'll do it without me. When he actually stands up to speak, Mickey looks really proud. I love that. I do love the fact that like they're at the end of a career at this point. Yeah. They've achieved more than anyone could think possible. 
there's an audience that isn't conspicuously young. It isn't a pop culture crowd. It's a very mixed age crowd. And they're all delighted. And he's done more than possible. And Mick, Mickey must feel a great accomplishment because not only has he got a champion, but he's got a champion that should have never been, really. It's like that full potential who he thought like was wasted yeah. and now he's kind of like lived up to it sort of almost. There's like there, there's that nice sort of line that you like, uh, I think it was with Hulk Hogan with the like I wonder what he eats. And he, and basically Mickey says he's, he's about two hundred two pounds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I thought this sequence was odd. I just think, you know, it's like it's one thing for him to not really have followed the scene around him, but he seems to have no idea who this guy is at all. I think he's probably just oblivious how Rocky actually is, though, isn't it? You know, I mean, I suppose it's supposed to fit in the idea that it's that he is kind of out of touch, you know, when he gets back into training, he's not really with it, he's a little bit, oh, hey, waving at people, he's a bit, he's a bit too into the, the, the celebrity aspect of being a boxer rather than actually being a boxer. If you know what I mean, so he's kind of like fell in love with the idea that he's actually popular and and living the high life really more than like I don't know who's who's number one contender. It's like I've, I've no idea. But he virtually begs Mickey to stay with him, and he will live in the gym. Yeah, uh, we don't see Rocky this oblivious until five. In that Adrian is in the room with him. They've they've hired like a ballroom. At, uh, well, we got a scene first where Mickey explains to him, this is the scene at the start of the yeah. show, where he just says, you don't have it anymore. You know, it, it, you got civilized, effectively. This guy will kill you. And he said, you know, you know, you, you had what you had, you don't have anymore. Which is funny, because if you go back and watch Rocky 2, particularly when he's talking about Eye of the Tiger later on, you go back and watch him. Like, if you go back and watch the second one, Apollo was really, really focused. So, okay, but fair enough. He's gone complacent. He says he's going to live in the gym. And they hire a ballroom, and he's kissing other women in front of Adrian. We've got no suggestion this is sexual. But it's all like, you know, he's working the speed bag, and someone says, can I have a photo? And he literally stops it to take a photo. Yeah, He's just posing, he's isn't he? He's just posing, really. I, I I just, think, there's, no, there's no harm in it. I didn't well, think. Well, it's well just... he's, he's too engulfed in celebrity aspect. He's like, it's not really listening to Mickey. When in terms of like, no, you need to actually go go back to the the, the meat grinder and proper like proper train hard because you know uh, Lang is doing exactly that. He is he is going for he's it. training seriously, whereas Rocky isn't taking it seriously at all. I don't think in, in the sequence. He, he's too confident in himself. He's like, whatever, you know. I've been so I've, I've been guys before. I've beat this guy. It's gonna be no problem. I know exactly what I'm doing, um, and. Yeah, he's, he's 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 kind of like not he's he's his mind's not really on it because he's just too much in love with the celebrity lifestyle. Really, I'm not sure it really does work to be honest. No, also he's gone from literally having nothing to having everything, doesn't he? At the mm. end of the day, so I think that's that's why he's kind of he's put his actual and career it, and training on the back burner to focus on being a celebrity and as you say, as you say, doing things on the periphery of of boxing of, of fighting. And Adrian's a problem here. I mean, there's a scene where they're, I don't know if this is at this stage of the film or a bit later, but they're in bed and he's getting her to sing what Frank Stallone used to sing at the bins. Do, 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 take it back. Uh, firstly, he can't sing as well as his brother. Uh, but he can't. That's why Frank Stallone's the, uh, the sec- award-winning. Yeah. <laughs> second, secondly, you've got uh, her going do, 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 and I'm thinking she's not that stupid. 
No, that doesn't mean silly. I was like, already really? they're cramming sequences with her in, and it only gets worse. Oh, she gets a nice scene later on, but yeah, um, she isn't as prevalent in this film as the other two. Um, so no, she doesn't have that much a key role. I don't think. No, so basically we get we get to have like the training stuff, uh, which Rocky isn't taking that seriously anymore, and we get to like the the fight where it's supposed to be Rocky's like final fight. He just like he just fighting to just kind of shut uh, Lang up really to kind of okay, okay fine well I'll, I'll fight him and I'll beat him and then that'll be it. Lang comes out really aggressively and kicks off another heart attack for uh, Mickey. The thing is. Lang is the challenger, so he should have been out there first anyway. Secondly, I'm not sure they should be coming in from the same side like that. But okay, there's a there's a press melee. He's immediately onto Balboa, which I don't really get, but fair enough. And he pushes Mickey out of the way, and Mickey goes straight into sort of cardiac arrest, basically. Yeah, he basically has a heart attack, and he still be able to kind of like communicate and stuff. But it's obviously he is in, you know, he he does he does need a doctor. And I think, you know, this also, like, you can tell that this takes Rocky out of it because he obviously, he spends the entire the next match. Obviously, he's not prepared as well as he should do. But also, his mind's not really on it. He's, like, he's he's too busy thinking about Mickey, like, hoping he's okay rather than focusing on fighting fighting Lang, which I think it's kind of, like, shows and in, 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 in when it comes to actually boxing him, he kind of, like, gives up, you know, towards the end. He just kind of... Just lets him. Yeah, he's like, I need Mickey, like, literally only his words will do. But again, okay. He goes out to fight him. Again, Adrian is kind of just stood around because they don't know what to do with her. Mm. Uh, he goes out and he starts landing these punches, and the Foley work suddenly reminds me of Into Darkness with Khan on the fucking Vengeance, where every punch sounds like an explosion. Yeah. It's it does sound really, yeah, really, really loud. over the top now. I don't. Know, I kind. I kind of like it though. I kind of like the uh, <laughs> the like. So every punch sounds like an explosion. I do. I, I do kind of like. Uh, it, there's something about it. It just kind of like makes me kind of just get into it almost like sort of. But maybe that's me. Maybe that's just me. But it's a two round fight. Yeah. He starts really fast for about thirty seconds. He's just rage, uh, and then basically he takes a hammering for the next round and a half, and he's knocked out. Pretty much, and as I say, you kind of you kind of tell he gives up. You know, there's there's a certain element when he's getting hammered, you just kind of like. Well, when he's on the floor, he doesn't look like he's making a massive effort to get. Yeah, up, does he? I think even before that, there's a kind of like look where he just sort of he doesn't even fight it. He just sort of just lets lets him punch him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's also we look. Uh, there's also a lot played of the fact, and and Rocky was never about eye contact and laser stare. But again, it's a bit of a retcon for this yeah. film where they where they where they're. Opposite each other, getting the referee's instructions. Uh, Stallone can't keep his gaze on Lang. Yeah, like he's intimidated. Well, it's obviously, he's, but he's which he is. Yeah, his, his mind's elsewhere. I mean, we also get like a, a, an introduction to um, Apollo as well. So he's a, he's a like ring sign commentator giving an opinion of the match. He also comes to, to, to meet meet the fighters. Uh, Clang gives him a, a little bit of aggression. He's sort of like. Get on my face, Creed. Don't, yeah, no, don't want no has been messing in my corner. Yeah. This was the first time as a kid I'd ever heard the word former, where he, or he's described as the former world heavyweight champion. All right. All right. I'd not heard that term before. I wasn't very young. That's fun, folks. Um, yeah. <laughs> Thanks. But yeah, so 
he's at ringside to commentate with the two guys we had last time. Bill Baldwin not being far from death in real life. He, he died somewhere between the making and the release of this. Um, but it's just so he's got a ringside seat to see what happens here. And, uh, yeah, Stallone, uh, Rocky takes a beating, uh, is counted out at the same time as Mickey is counted out, effectively, dead. Although when he gets back to the dressing room, they say, we've got to get him to the hospital. And I think, well, you just declared him dead. What, what's Why speed a hurry here then? But, um, yeah, he just collapses in sobs. And, again, it's very... Um, it, it's acting without any vanity. Because Stallone really... You know, he's one step away from snot coming out of his nose. He's really heartbroken. It's, well it, it's that kind of thing where people kind of mock Stallone. You know, it's almost like reminds me of that bit in Rambo where, like, he can't understand a word he's saying because he's that distraught and upset. He's just like, he's just sounds... It's incoherent. Yeah, sounds... Like, but that's an acting choice yeah. in itself. Yeah. And it's just that he's just, yeah. he's just that distraught. He's that lost. He's, you know, completely just beside himself in, in grief. You know, nothing makes... Nothing makes any sense. He's just like, Aah. yeah. I mean, if you we're, we're thinking of there, I think of the last scene of First Blood. Yeah, First Blood was the year before this. Now, most people who've never seen any of the Rambo films or have seen one or two of them, if you say the word Rambo to them, they tend to think, I would say, of the second one. Yeah, Rambo, First Blood Part Two, the one that was actually penned by James Cameron, although he said um, not much of his version is on the screen. Yeah, it was co-penned, wasn't it? It was that and someone else. I'm not sure. Yeah. Now, the first film is just called First Blood. There's no yeah. Rambo in the title or anything like that. And in a bit like Rocky is nothing like Rocky 3 or 4. First Blood is nothing like Rambo 2 or 3. Or Rambo. Well, Rambo is Rambo 2, effectively. Rambo 2, First Blood, then you've got Rambo 3. And then, oh, yeah, Rambo the fourth one. Sorry, yeah. It, that, right. that is called Rambo, isn't it? Yes, it is. It is. You're right. I got confused. I thought you were talking about the second yeah. one. But if it just... If you're listening and you've not seen it, forget the rest of it. Get yourself First Blood. It's terrific. It's arguably one of his best. Is it arguably his best film next to Rocky? You know, it's arguably yes. up there. Much yeah, I would concur about that one. It's yeah. magnificent, First Blood. And it's not look how fit I am and how scarred I am and how muscled I am. It, it's a film about a guy going to basically a hick town, a redneck town. Um, well, it's not a redneck town, really, actually, because it's in a colder part of the state. It's just, it's just a small town with... Officious, an officious um, sheriff there, played by Brian Dennehy, who treats him best. with massive disrespect and, frankly, just triggers him. Yeah, He's so damaged by the man that he gets triggered, and after that, it's wonderful. It's Yeah, I mean, it, it's, one, it's one of the things I always come out and defend alone when people kind of rubbish him as a, as a bad actor. It's like, well, hey, you know... Uh, exhibit A, Rambo. Exhibit B, Rocky. It's like Rocky, yeah, like, exactly. And you just like look at those two performances, and like, well, the, the rate, you know, they the aren't like similar. The rain, they're completely different characters on both different um, sides of the spectrum. And it's like a bad actor cannot play both those roles convincingly. You know, he, you know, Stone is a convincing as when it comes to doing performance. Well, at least when he wants to be, you know. So, but a bad actor also gets governed by um, vanity. So when you look at the last scene of First Blood, which I won't give away now, having just said watch it, but Stallone is talking and you can barely understand what he's saying. Mm. Well, a vain actor would grandstand that speech. It wouldn't be about what's right for the character, but he's crying and full of snot and God knows what else. And so you not being able to 
you having to work to hear what he's saying is appropriate and it lacks vanity and it's absolutely terrific. Well, it's letting the emotions do the talking rather than the, the dialogue, really. Words don't, the words almost don't matter. Yeah. So, yeah, but I, again, this is kind of hard. I mean, this will be heartbreaking to Rocky fans as well, this scene. Uh, and I think, you know, obviously it has some history to it. You know, Mickey's a prevalent character in one and two. And it's kind of, you know, it's it's kind of necessary for this film for Rocky to be lost. You know, he's he's, he's basically not only lost the heavyweight champ, but more importantly, he's lost his trainer. He's lost, you know, the, the guy who sees him through it. You know, it's, you know... It's a big part of him, and it's like he's just now. What have I got now? You know, it's like so. It's it's an important part of the, of the series, really, and uh, and I think Sloane does it really well into in, in terms of his performance. It's kind of heartbreaking. And we're also only a couple of scenes from Rocky being told that effectively his three-year reign as champ, which historically is a decent length of time, was effectively it wasn't built on sand, but that's the message he's taken from it that, well, you didn't fight anyone decent anyway. So it ends up with him very distraught and kind of going around on his own. And he drives around on his bike and he throws like his crash helmet at the statue that's just been unveiled to him. And he heads off to Mickey's gym and he's just stood in there really upset and he punches something. I can't remember if it's a bag or the wall or whatever. And it turns out Apollo's there. And yeah, so this is where like Apollo steps in and become essentially Mickey part the <laughs> yeah Mickey point two point oh kind of I mean a bit, it's kind of like a nice sort of come round really it's a nice sort of step like you know the, the former rival um, st- steps in to sort of get him back on track to to be the man he was because there was always that respect between the two you know regardless of how uh, the, the series played it. Uh, and, and, and I think as we'll get to the fourth one as well, there's, you know, Rocky, it turns out, will owe a lot to Apollo. You know, I mean, Apollo literally gave him the opportunity to be where he is. Uh, and in every step of the mark, you know, he like, Rocky wouldn't be where he is without Apollo Creed, you know. So there's that kind of, Respect and that kind of admiration of like of, of like between the two, which I think is kind of kind of like the forefront of this film. It's kind of like a, a, a buddy story between the two. I think it's what the real story of Rocky Three is. It's like the the, the common bonding of two grown men um, jumping around in the sea. They, they do some they do some real bonding later. Yeah. <laughs> Put it this way: I know why Rocky doesn't win that foot race. I'll explain in a bit. <laughs> oh dear! I can't wait. So uh, yeah, but um, Apollo basically turns up, basically saying, "Look, what happened? You know, this wasn't you when you stepped in the ring. You, you know, cheesy uh, Titan um, bit of dialogue." But he says, "You gave the eye of the tiger, man." Uh, <laughs> um, and 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 you me. So what what happened? You know, where where's that gone? And he's just and he, and, he, and he basically offers his help to say, "Look, let me help you shut this guy up. Let let me." help you restore your dignity. Let me help you get back to that where you were before. And Rocky goes, yeah, alright then. <laughs> Pretty much. Got me interested. It's very it's very dialogue that probably works on the page. Yeah. Maybe we can win it back together. Again, it, I can see almost comic book panels in my head in terms of how this really... It doesn't actually work that well. 
But uh, the very next scene, he says goodbye to Caesar and they all head off to L.A. (laughs) Now, again, we get a precursor of what we see next week, and it's way worse next week. Mother, father and uncle all fly off. Who's the little boy left with? Just the housekeeper, isn't it? <laughs> no one gives a shit about Rocky Jr., do they? Caesar. I felt really bad for Rocky Jr. in this bit. It's just like, oh. <laughs> they fly off to LA and Paulie's just there to whinge, isn't he? He doesn't do much from here on, does he? He just sort of complains and generally moans. And it's kind of racist, the talking he does. Because he goes into an all-black place and doesn't like it and some of the things... Yeah. that's. I mean, it's, it's, it's different from... From Philadelphia, I guess, but it's just I, I felt a bit uneasy. Well, you know, I mean, I've difficulty believing that Paulie's racist. I mean, maybe it's just poor writing because you don't think of where Paulie comes from. I mean, you, you think growing up in a, you know, I mean, it's not a predominantly white neighborhood that they they live in, is it really? So you don't think no, he'd, he'd, he'd be that like you don't expect him to kind of to have that attitude. Not yeah, not necessarily unless he just maybe it's more of like a like a like an East West kind of attitude you know it's just like uh, don't think i'd like this sort of uh environment it's not kind of what i'm used to you know it, it it's probably more akin to that really but you know i i guess it's more of a a character you know like a a diana a dynamic thing where we can't have everyone thrilled by everything you know Paul is always the one complaining about something. So yeah but it, it goes on too long i mean they get there and he's whinging they, they see the hotel that he's whinging they get down to the gym. He's whinging. Yeah. The next thing, uh, Rocky is training and dancing, and he's whinging. <laughs> and it's just like they take he's too long. To all the way through. Well, they they tell him too long. To, they take too long to tell him to shut up, because uh, that first scene where he's moaning, when Rocky is trying to like work on his footwork by dancing, even before it gets to the stage where Apollo's pissed off. You would think he'd just turn to him and say, look, we're just trying something here. Let us do it. Let us work. And it it's just, it gets tiresome. He's not being a good, good employee, is he? He's not really. <laughs> he's, being paid for, he's being paid for this whining. And uh, we get into some very homoerotic areas, don't we now? Well, mm. well, like you know, we we see a few things. I mean, I'm not sure which which which, which homoerotic bits are we talking about. Are we talking about mainly the running on the beach? Yeah, I mean, we get a bit. Uh, uh, we get a bit yeah. of that. I mean, we get a bit of like you know, clang on the TV. With them. What he's wearing? Oh, that 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 cut off top. Yeah. I mean, Apollo is wearing effectively a boob tube, and Rocky, <laughs> Rocky falls behind him, and I think probably he falls behind him because he wants to check out his ass. <laughs> <laughs> When, when he's training later on, when they train properly later on, you get close-ups of their thighs. Mm. And then they have a, a nice cuddle in the water and it, stuff. It's ding-ding. I mean, they are, they are basically dressed as if they're like about to like, audition for flash dance, don't they, really? They do. It's the kids from state. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, they're, tra- they're training and he has him swimming. And this is the funny thing. Uh, we expect the training to improve, but at this stage, he looks like he can barely swim. Well, it's again, it's, it's that same thing we get in every Rocky film. Like, he starts training, he's not that good. He's all right, but... He's, you know, he's got to learn how to do something, and then he suddenly gets better. Yeah, no, but he's like a fish by the end, isn't he? He is, yeah. It's a bit um, stretching the imagination. Yeah, so he's not that good, and he has, like, a word of age, and then he comes, like, great. Uh, so that's pretty much how the, all the training sort of stuff goes. Um... 
But then we do get a little bit of like, you know, them watching the TV and a couple of langs on and basically sort of like trash talking him and the commentators basically saying, oh, I don't think Rocky's going to have it in. And Creed makes a point of saying like, no. He's 34. You know, it's like, no, <gasps> no, remember, like, no, sort of like, do do remember it because some people know you a lot. They're going to owe you an engraved apology. Yeah. So, uh, which I kind of like that as well. Um, and I like yeah. that. But they go for, they, they're running. It's all going badly. I mean, they, they spar. And it's a small detail, but um, Clubber Lang is a southpaw, like Rocky. Mm. And when he's sparring with Creed, Creed's fighting southpaw for him. I don't know if you noticed that. He is, yeah, I spotted that as well. I was um, like, oh, I must which out I quite here. like. But he's avoiding nothing, and he keeps saying, oh, tomorrow. Uh, and he's saying there is no tomorrow. And theoretically, that's where, where the conversation should happen. But they do have one more scene of them running. And that's where Apollo's in the boot tube. <laughs> and... Rocky just gives up. He gives up about halfway. But this is where Adrian starts to struggle. They dress her like a gardener in her mid-60s. And she's there going, come on! And it's all really pathetic. And she goes to have a conversation with it, which goes on for about five minutes. She does become quite whiny at this point. The dialogue's awful. How did everything so good get so bad? And She she has over... the, The way I see it... Um, you can laugh at this however which way you want um, and over these few films you see very much it's more about it's, well, it's e- equally about um, Adrian as much as it's about Rocky I think um, she has such a transformation but I just think from here on in it's all downhill I don't think I just think they're struggling to crowbar her into this yeah well, that's so what they're, 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 they're she does a lot of si- she does a lot of sitting there and watching right and to get her in, get her screen time, they have her at ringside for his early fights, and you think, well, she's terrified of him fighting. So all I could think was, well, now he's got some money, she's quite happy to watch him die because he's probably quite insured. Hmm. Um, yeah, but, yeah. But then they have her watching his training, and then she has a conversation with him. And whilst the general theme that he does respond to Adrian holds true, she's just becoming whiny now. And when it gets to like the second fight. She's at ringside going, stop the fight. And they, she says it in such a sappy way. But she, oh, she, wants, she wants to, you know, she wants to look after her husband. You know, that's, all, that's all it well, is. We know why, it's but it's just whiny, like, it's, it's, it's a bit like, I tell you what it reminds me of, is when you ever watch The Incredible Hulk, and I mean any incarnation of The Incredible Hulk, but let's say the uh, Bill Bixby TV show version, he spends most of his show, most of the show, trying to stay away from conflict because he doesn't want to hulk out. And as the watch, as the viewers, we want him to hulk out. So our main character's goals are in direct Opposite. opposition. Yeah. And Adrian's the same. Adrian desperately doesn't want him to fight. And, of course, we want Rocky to fight. So if you're going to have him in a scene, or her in a scene, sorry, it's got to be, I don't want you to fight which when it was two and they had very little money and he was at risk of going blind and he'd already done far better than anyone would expect, then that's actually perfectly understandable. And I'm having a child and I want his father around. By this point, she's crowbarred into scenes anyway, just to, like, complain. I, I don't feel she was complaining that much. Uh, not Especially not in this scene. I, don't, I think she was a little bit more... Um, adding more positive words of advice, really, like, like, because the whole basic premise of the of the conversation was 
uh, don't do it for anyone else, do it for yourself kind kind of mentality. Cause it was that kind of like yeah. Rocky talking about, I don't know, you know, it's like, you know, you, you beat these guys, yes, but, you know, what, what was it worth? They weren't really contenders, so it was like, might as well have been nothing. I want, you know, I want something to be real. So it's like, well, well go and do it then. Go and... Well, you're right, but most of Adrian from film three onwards yeah. is her looking concerned at Rocky. At every press conference, she's like, no, 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 he's retired. She did that at the unveiling. She does it in four. She does it in five when they turn up at her doorstep and stuff. It's absolutely constant and it, and it is crowbarring someone in because rocky is defined by adrian but they haven't managed to get it like into the films properly so when i heard when i heard in rocky balboa she wouldn't be in it i was quite worried and then when i saw it i thought yeah that makes perfect sense i mean I, by the time we get to number four um her a bit of motivation is her just showing up so <laughs> um, <laughs> So, but that's next week, folks. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I, to me, was, I, I liked it. It was the only sort of thing that you know Adrian had to do in this film. Um, I thought she was actually quite good in it. I mean, I thought Sloane wasn't particularly wasn't wasn't particularly that good. But I didn't think it was very well written. But there was one general principle underpinning it. I thought was smart in that she doesn't say to him, "I don't want you to fight." And she doesn't say to him, you want to fight, so go do it. She actually says to him, I'd rather you didn't, but I'd rather you didn't for the right reasons. And that, as a general principle, to write this scene around is pretty smart. But Sly isn't particularly good in this scene. She's not bad, actually. But he's like, I did everything so bad. I could get so bad. And it's not played very well. I don't like this scene, and it goes on way too long. Yeah, I mean, like... You get, I get, you know, Rocky admitting that he's afraid. You know, so I'm afraid, all right, all right, I'm scared, all right. You get that kind of thing, and then so it is what it is. It's done, and then you get to the uh, the particular gonna fly now. He trains like a boss. Yeah, which I always thought. Like remembering this film, I always thought this was like Eye of the Tiger. They replaced Gonna Fly Now with Eye of the Tiger, but they didn't. No, they didn't. And I don't the know why. Eye of the Tiger only plays over the opening sequence. Yeah. Uh, and then it becomes a theme. But yeah, no, he, he always trains to much the same music. Yeah. It, it's closer to the Rocky Two music in that the Gonna Fly Now dialogue sounds like the children from Two. Mm. I don't know if it is the same or different. I mean, Bill Conti, I've heard him interviewed. I've heard him interviewed on JBR, but I've heard him interviewed quite aside from that as well. And he clearly doesn't like repeating himself. And they do fall out. They, he doesn't score number four. And I do wonder if it's just six years on and I'm writing the same music. But it's okay. He trains well. He swims well. They seem to be having fun. What makes me laugh about it is it's all about Eye of the Tiger. But they're training and having a big laugh while they're doing it. But he's training well. He's training well. Um, we see that uh, Club is training fairly well as well. We got Duke back on the scene, who's going to be there throughout the rest of the series, certainly up to Rocky Balboa. And yeah, it goes all right. It's good feel good stuff again. But obviously, it is the law of diminishing returns because it's the third film now and it's a training montage to the same music again. We don't get the steps though. Instead, we get Creed and Rocky running on a beach. We do. It's the close-up of the thighs that does it. The close-up of the oil thighs. And then they dance in slow motion in the water and have a cuddle. 
<laughs> you, you almost think like it's it's gonna. And he and, and he's going. I need a favour when this is done. <laughs> no, okay. well, we know what that favour is going to be. What favour? Well, you'll see. It's either, it's either going to be like Apollo finishing the film ha- hanging out the back of Adrian. Oh. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Cheers. Mm. <laughs> like <laughs> Creed, Creed and Rocky Eiffel Towering Adrian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the only favour he wants is he, he he wants the back end of it. <laughs> That's the favour. When they're getting ready for the fight and they're in the training room, what makes me laugh is he opens the door and he goes, Time. Now time means you've basically got to go, you're ready, you've got to go to the ring. Then he hands him his shorts and I'm thinking, is Rocky nude under there then? <laughs> <laughs> He was just wearing his, you know, his boxer shorts, and then he actually wears the proper shorts that he's going to wear. You know, I'm sure boxers wear boxer shorts. That's why well, they. You know, you know what I mean? Or just like pants, or you know, That's underwear. why they call boxer shorts. That must be what they wear. That's fun, folks. <laughs> 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 but the snickers is what I meant. It's like a flag. But they they do look uh, baggy there, don't they? You know, so they could just like easily sl- slip them on like on top of them. <laughs> <laughs> But, is it, but isn't this like a cheeky sort of kind of way, almost like saying, go on, go on, you, you put my colours on, you've sort of, you know, in other words, you're fine, I'll be half of me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you're fine, so I don't have to. And um, um, black up while you're at it. <laughs> <laughs> Stand still, let me just draw this pencil moustache on your <laughs> So, yeah, so where are we? So, uh, yeah, they... So they go to fight. Yes. Um one thing I forgot to say, in the first fight, the ring announcer is Jimmy Lennon. Uh, Jimmy Lennon Jr., his son, is uh, one of the two most famous uh, boxing comment- uh, ring announcers in the world. You've got a guy called Michael Buffer. He's the one who says, let's get ready to rumble. And then he seems got- like voice of wrestling, isn't he? And then you've, got uh, the bl- then you've got the blonde guy, Jimmy Lennon, who says, it's showtime. But yeah, this was... Yeah, I thought part- I recognised him. I was like, oh, I've seen that guy before. So, yeah, they go out to fight again what makes me laugh is the fight starts and it's exactly the same as the first fight and that he walks out and like lands bombs on him for about 20 seconds it's exactly the same as the first fight and they're going he looks amazing and it's like oh and he looks like a middleweight and i'm thinking well yeah he weighs less than a middleweight but he's exactly the same as the first fight because they shoot these things in about two months and secondly the fight has started literally the same and yet you're all wanking off about how great he's doing I think I think it's just like how like the, the film portrays it. Then you have just got two people just punching each other. Again, the, the fight's pretty laid out. But then again, like uh, you say in the second round, Akree just goes for it. But there's also like what's kind of funny is is like as much as Apollo has trained at Rocky, like Apollo doesn't seem to like agree with anything that Rocky's doing. <laughs> He's like, what's he doing? He's getting hammered. <laughs> and he's like, you know, he's like, oh, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> That's vaguely based on the, um, I think, I mean, I haven't read anywhere that it is, but logically it must be a little bit based on Rope-A-Dope. Kind of, it's that um, mentality, that, isn't it? Yeah, uh, Rope-A-Dope, for those listening who don't know what that is, is um, Ali went in with Foreman in 1974. Rumble the Jungle. Yeah, and somewhere during the first round, now a lot of people have said, oh, he pre-planned it and all the rest of it because he was taking a lot of punishment in training. Ali always did that. He used to think he could train his body to like absorb pain. Uh, what he actually says afterwards was that he found that the ring was slower. The canvas was slower than he thought it was going to be. It was more loosely sprung. 
and he said, if I dance on this, I'm going to get exhausted. So um, he basically lay on the ropes and let Foreman burn himself out. It's an incredible fight he does. And then as Foreman is completely gone, he comes off the ropes with about seven really sharp punches. Dex Foreman fight over. And this is a version of that, although he's not just laying on the ropes. Yeah. It's it's that kind of like thing where he's teasing him, taunting him, and he's just like, and Clang's just like laying into him, and he's like trying to cover as much as he can, but he's just kind of just taking it. He's just like, come on, come on, come on, keep 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 it up, keep it up, and he's just like, you know, it's the whole point of he's tiring him out, and then you know, Rocky just goes for it and just knocks him out. Well, Ali did do that. He went back to the ring. They were shouting at him, get off the ropes, and I think it was somewhere around five, four around five. He came back to his corner and said, "Shut up, I know what I'm doing." Mm which is more or less what he does here, which is what makes me... It's not the tactic that makes me think it's copied. It's that dialogue. Yeah. Because Sylvester Stallone clearly kind of knows his boxing. Because, kind of, you know, because I think Creed even says, like, you have to kind of get him, you know, finish him early. Because in terms of... Because they, they build um, Langer's kind of like a ferocious... I always picture Langer's kind of like a Mike Tyson-esque, just like a ferocious little ball of anger and energy. You've got a chance if you get past the first couple of rounds yeah. was always the thing with Tyson. How true that was, you can debate, because Tyson was a lot more skilled than people give him credit for. But I think, actually, now I look at this, I keep talking about escalating threat to Rocky. And whilst I stand by that, and it kind of devalues Creed and all the rest of it, the fact he's able to finish him in three rounds actually does help when you compare them, because you go, well, actually, he's not that good. He's just a big puncher. He's got no stamina. Yeah. A Rocky on his game beats him and beats him quite handily. He sort of, yeah, outplays him. He says, okay, fine, well, this is what you're about. I'll just wear you out and then, bam, done. You know? <laughs> Which is, like, you know, a good wrestling tactic, and it, and it works, obviously. It's like it's, it's, it's a logical move. I mean, I don't know what exactly um, Apollo's plan was. I think, uh, by the sounds of it, Apollo's plan was kind of, like, just going just as hard, like, kind of, like, do what he does. Well... His plan is the first 30 seconds of the fight, in that when you watch the first 30 seconds of the fight, he's fighting very, very fast. Yeah. It isn't just that he's aggressive, he's doing everything quickly, and it is just basically we'll set this ridiculous pace, but we've only got seven or eight rounds to make that work. Yeah. So, okay. So, yeah, so it's basically to make Rocky fast and just sort of dance around his punches and just keep hitting him, hitting him, hitting yeah. him, like wearing him down. The, the first round is all rocky. I mean, he does land a couple of punches, yeah. um, Lang, but uh, what makes me laugh, and we see this more next week, they don't seem to throw a punch until their trainer says. I love that, where the guy's taking a beating and the trainer goes, no, and they go for it. They go for it. <laughs> hey, do you want another fun fact? Go on. Clubber Lang's trainer auditioning for it and not getting it, Morgan Freeman. How about that? Which means he's obviously not a very good actor, Morgan Freeman, so we'll hear no more of him. <laughs> I'm surprised it wasn't Samuel L. Jackson, because he was popping up in most most things as like a bit before. Well, I do have one later. When we get into a future series, there'll be a film we get to where uh, Samuel L. Jackson doesn't get the part. Okay, I'm intrigued. So the second round is all clubber. He's put Rocky's put down twice. <clears throat> and then towards the end of the round, he's, ain't so bad, ain't so bad. <laughs> yeah, he's he, he's, he's, he's kind of like touching his head, like taunting him, going, "Come on, come on!" 
He's not bad. Yeah, I mean, we did. We did. I've forgotten. Like, what are you doing, man? He's getting tired. No, it's like you know. No, he's like you know. What's he doing? No, no, no. He's getting mad. <laughs> he's getting mad. That's a, yeah, that's a thing, man, get to yeah. It. yeah, yeah. Um, and that's it, really. I I don't know how to feel about the fight. Everything feels a bit more powerful because of the sound effects they put on, but they are a bit ridiculous. And a two round fight and a three round fight. Right. Okay, it all feels a bit more perfunctory, doesn't it? It does, I suppose. But I, I, I do like the idea that I'm just like gone, like okay, well, let's make it go all the way again. You know, it was a little bit more like variety in the idea that he beats him, like he gets beaten quickly. Uh, I noted, but when he comes back to fight him again, he does beat him fairly quickly. Maybe not inside the, the second round, but on the third round, he does. You know, so I, I do like that aspect of it. Uh, we have we have like missed like the two like quotable lines, which is like I predict pain. <laughs> That's when he's in the dressing room <laughs> yeah. first. I know, I know. and again, it's another thing that makes me think he knows his boxing because when you look at the first, the first Ali Frazier fight, which was also Madison Square Garden, I had a video years ago, and I mean a video, I mean VHS years ago, which was um, footage of the fight, but there was also backstage stuff as well. And there was footage of Frazier in his train dressing room. And whilst he didn't knock over cameras or like scream at anyone, he was rather pissy. And I just think I, it, it, you can see all of these influences bleeding through into the film. When we get to Rocky Five, a lot of the things Rocky says to Tommy Gunn are literally customato lines and things that he said to like Tyson. So it's quite clear to me um, Stallone knows his boxing. Another fun fact, uh, apparently Clubber Lang, you know, I mentioned uh, Man of Tyson, but it apparently was loosely based on a combination of Sonny Liston, Larry Holmes, and George Foreman. So I don't know if that makes sense to you, Dave, as the the resident boxing fan of the three of us. Well, the attitude is very Sonny Liston. The power and lack of stamina and the rope-a-dope against him is very George Foreman. Not quite sure where the Larry Holmes bit comes in. Uh, no. All right. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. But um, and about a bit of backstory. He was like formerly in prison as a young adult, and where he started to train as a, as a boxer, and where as well as aggression comes from. That was a. That's not said in the film, but on Wikipedia though. So <laughs> reading that, if you what you will. So yeah, that's. Well, there was a novel. There was a novelization of this film, so I'm assuming it was in. Oh, it could be then. Um, he was supposed to be in uh, Rocky Balboa, and I'll talk about that when we get there because he isn't. But there was a um, there was a plan to bring him back, and I know how he was brought back and where he was meant to be at that point. Did uh, Mr. T decline to be in a film? Was I can't remember what the argument was. It may well have been money because when you think this is 1983 and is made for 17 million dollars. 2006, Rocky Balboa was made for 24. So pound for pound, there's less money to go around. I guess there was talk of having the ball back as well. There was, there was. Yeah, but but so. just make you think, what the fuck is Mister C doing these days? Like, you know, well, he was advertising Snickers. At the time, well, yeah, well, but apparently, you know, he's selling chocolate bars. He, he, he can do Snicker commercials, but you know, I don't know that he turned it down. I just know there was, I just know there was an original plan for him to be there. And I know what that plan was. I know what scene he would have been in. Okay, that's interesting. And I'll talk about it when I get there. But he, he's an all right character in this. I don't think it's particularly great. I don't think none of it's that great. It's all a touch. Even with Mickey's death, 
it's all a bit more razzmatazz than what's come before. And so in some respects, it's more fun, even though when you examine the details of the plot, there's nothing about it that should be more fun. I guess. Because he gets his ass handed to him, he loses his trainer, he trains really badly, he has a crisis of confidence. All of those things shouldn't make this film fun, but I think some of it's his era. I mean, things like, you know, the camp way they dress and the slightly homoerotic elements even if they're not deliberate, they do add to this film feeling really light and fun. I, I guess. I mean, I think what also helps is the, the back history of the of the previous films as well. And I think that goes for uh, the next next in the series, the next what we're going to cover next week. Uh, they, all, they all kind of like re- resound like a nostalgia. So you think back of what's gone on before. So the emotion behind the relationship between Rocky and Creed, you know, is a lot more palpable because it's, you know, follows one and two, you know, and, and it, will, it will follow one to four, you know, and as with everything else, with Mickey or with, with his Paulie or Adrian, even though they are likely served, they, you know, they do follow, like, a, a bigger story up to to an extent. Talking of talking of Customato, Customato was um, Tyson's first trainer. He also trained Floyd Patterson to the World Heavyweight title and Jose Torres to the World Light Heavyweight Champion. Uh, championship, and he he found Tyson in his seventies, and and took him in, and not formally, but almost adopted him effectively. And he used to come out with a lot of these sayings that that made some you know some kind of sense when you thought about them. And we'll get to them a, a, a couple of them in five, but this Rocky series from now on is almost a bit like he, he once said that he said nature's very smart. He said because. You 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 get nurtured, you grow up, and then slowly life starts taking things away from you. You know, your grandparents, your parents, friends. And he said it's nature's way of preparing you for death. That's what this series is from now on. Rocky, for the rest of this series, is just losing things and people he cares about. Mm-hmm. And it starts this week, really. It starts with Mickey. And I think, you know, as much as you might not so be a fan of how this might be handled. I do think Rocky gains some emotional weight where the more he loses stuff, you know, um, I mean, we'll get to, Oh, I agree. I mean, I think Balboa is Rocky Balboa. The sixth film is a much, much better film because of one major decision they take. Uh, and to extent, I mean, you know, we'll go in further with Creed, you know, the, the scenes in Creed, which makes it a lot more, uh, emotionally charged. Not like, you know, not, not, Maybe emotionally charged the wrong turn of phrase, but no, I think I'd agree, Chris. I think, I think there are there are things happening to him, and his reaction to it when we get yeah. to Creed is informed by the fact that he's been losing stuff since his mid thirties, up to and including the most important things in his life. And yeah, and then, and it's stuff that just well. For, for me personally, it kind of breaks your heart to watch. It's like, oh, you know, and I think it's it, it's one of the, the best elements of Creed. Um, so uh, Because he's spent his life fighting and yet he's toying with giving yeah. up. So And I, um, what I love about it, it isn't just Creed. I, I think what I'm trying to say with that is all of these films have their place in the whole. That I said a, a couple of weeks ago that I think I said it last week. That really, for me, one, two, six, and seven are the films that matter to me, and I'm not that bothered about three in the middle. And whilst that holds true, now I've seen them all, I could just sit, watch one, two, six, and seven, and they would hang together as a cohesive whole just fine. There are things that happen in three and four, 
specifically that feed into the sort of pathos that we get later. So even the bad films have their place. They they do, and uh, and you know, for the sins, they are watchable. Even five, or I guess we'll you know retest five. I don't remember it being that bad. Um, but uh, Becca, what was your final thoughts on uh, Rocky Three? All the above. Good night, folks. Huzzah! <laughs> no, I must say, I think it's kind of it took for me. It was a massive tonal shift um, with Mickey passing away. Um, also, this is going to sound really ignorant, and I apologies for this. Um, but also, it's kind of you know it references like Stuart heritage and everything. I kind of thought he was more kind of Irish American, um, but it's, it's a nice tribute to um, to sort of you know just kind of trainers and those involved in the, in the sport um, and around what it, what would have been Mickey's era. Um, but to me, once he kind of got that point, there was for me a bit of a tonal shift, and that I felt was a little bit jarring. Um, but yeah, I think overall, it's back to kind of what I said at the at the top of the show. Really, it's kind of it's perhaps in in the look and appearance of it, um, it's probably the most slick. Um, yeah, there's a lot of homoerotism in there. Overall, I think you know Apollo is the one, is the one that kind of really stands out, um, and it's yeah the most perhaps unintentionally funny and more perhaps silly aspects of it as well. Adrian, yeah, she doesn't come out of it that well. I kind of yeah, she's on a sort of downward spiral for me in this film. But yeah, so um, I think I'd probably rate it third if I'm ranking them as a go or not. This will be at the bottom. I um, my breath then expecting you to say three out of five. <laughs> three out of five <laughs> decidedly average um no but yeah I'm, I'm aware that it's it's kind of on a sliding scale now we're kind of into montage country you need a montage montage yeah so if you if you want to show a lot and you know a lot of happening in a small space of time you're gonna need a montage it's even montage. got even rocky had a montage exactly <laughs> listen if any listeners out there you have not seen team america America World Police, go and see it. It's one of the funniest things of the last 20 years. And, it, and it's perfect. Cannot recommend it highly enough. And it's perfect to watch with your gran, okay? So. <laughs> yeah, particularly the uncut version. Of the sex <laughs> or with your mum and your dad. Have you, seen, have you guys seen the uncut version of the sex scene? Oh, hilarious. Oh, my life. I'm not sure I have. i tell you what, you, know. you watch that, Dave, and you never see Thunderbirds in the same way again. I'll tell you that now. Well, um, it's it, the, there's a sex scene in it. Uh, <laughs> in the cut yeah, they do version. it every which way. Oh, yeah, they do it every which way, but they cut a couple of sexual practices out of the final version of the film. Yeah, it's included. But they, they film all them. in this uncut version. So they are there. <laughs> no, but it's, you know, if you if you don't quite know what we're on about, you know, singing montage and the rest of it, go and watch Team America. What, what, what so was, clever, so what's funny. What's great about Team America is like the way that they checked the, uh, the the sensors. Like they just went like. They knew they were after end up cutting well, what they did, so they just went completely just over the top with like the sex scenes and, and yeah, stuff like that. OTT. So like, so when they came up with the cuts, it was like that's pretty much what we wanted, what we were going for. That's fine, thank you. <laughs> so, yeah, like, definitely. I sincerely hope that we we do that and probably in South Park the movie at some point and anything that they've ever done. Maybe apart from basketball. Yeah, we'll, we'll leave that. But anyway. Um, oh, I like I, I no, like basketball. Three, yeah, three out of five. Basketball's really funny. I've not seen it in a while, but I saw it recently, and I, it, it didn't go as well for me as it had done previously. But maybe I was in a different frame of mind. I've seen it for fifteen years, so yeah. But it's, it's funny. It's funny, and I still think they're both really, really clever, and I love whatever they do. Oh, no, so. I, I think I think the sort of like you know uh, towards the end you got that. Uh, news uh, news anchor kind of like doing like the report it's like for all I know it could be dead in his fucking closet he's dead in his <laughs> fucking closet 
That, I think I think his past that film are generally hilarious. Uh, yeah, that so clever. They're really spot on. You know, really quick as well. Nothing gets past them. But anyway, that's that, anyway. That's what I think of Rocky Three. That's, that's, that's a different film, folks. So, um, uh, um, so Chris's fruity corner. I couldn't spot any fruit. I'm sorry, guys. But unless you guys spotted any. No, I didn't. No, not really. Oh well. They should inject. You know, if they injected apples with human growth hormones and steroids, I I I, I think that there it. should have been a scene where Creed ate a banana looking at Rocky. <laughs> that would have been really <laughs> made. Or not even ate it. Just, you know, <laughs> just teased it with his tongue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Suggestively. Um. Oh yeah, and they got that sort of last scene. Whilst it, whilst Adrian touched herself and he ate a flake. <laughs> <laughs> Flaky as chocolate. Oh dear! Other chocolate is available, <laughs> but none of them is sexy. <laughs> no, flake is, is the sexiest for sure. That's right. Oh, oh, oh the we forgot about that. Um, the last scene with the ding ding. Oh yeah, ding ding ding. ding. Well, basically, ding, ding. find out what the favour is, and uh, it's a blowjob. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's a third yeah. fight. We don't. We, we no, don't it's just a sort of a sort of friendly. That, and, and that was Creed ringing the dinner bell. <laughs> ding, ding ding! Time to eat <laughs> some Italian sausage. <laughs> yeah, and the thing is, as well, he's later got a watercolor of that hanging in his restaurant. Who filmed oh, okay. that? Or painted it. <laughs> oh, they must. They, they must like sort of hold that position for a good while. That must have been the fable. It wasn't a fight. It was. A, it was a... They must have described it very, very vividly <laughs> to an artist. Didn't they? Well, is it? Well, to be fair, it's the most detailed. It's quite abstract. It cuts. Yeah, it cuts to when, as they go to hit each other. It cuts to like a painting of it, and that painting is hanging in his restaurant in the last two films. Fair, it's it's not really like a, a a detailed portrait, is it? Really, it's not really. It's more impressionistic. Yeah, than that, it's just like yeah. one of them sort of painting where you just go. Oh, I really like it actually, as much as I've got any fucking taste in art at all. I think it's quite yeah. nice. I do like it a lot. Mm. And that's it. Credits. Rocky three. All done. Rocky I imagine returns. they'll bring it back down to earth and go a bit more gritty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because I think it needs to sort of like, you know, end wars and stuff. So, uh. I was going to say, is this the one where he wins the Cold War? This is this way. He does. I, I did make the point the other day that he won Hearts and Minds. It wasn't just a ceasefire. I did remember just after that that the word cold does imply that there's not a lot of weapons firing going on. So there was no need for a ceasefire in the Cold War, to be fair. But no. Rocky still sorted it out because he's a fucking top guy yeah <laughs> he's just that lovable but it's okay it's rocky one it's all good next week's film is fucking ludicrous i fuck it i'm looking forward I to it i fucking love it it oh, it's great it's great i can't wait it's i'm expecting montage montage heaven is what it is oh brilliant or is it montage hell hmm. <laughs> and it's so funny when you watch it becca the only thing i will say because all of the ridiculousness in the film you'll notice okay. with one exception that I ought to tell you, so you look out for it. Okay. When him and Drago walk to meet each other in the centre of the ring for the referee's instructions, mm -hmm. they, it is so at the height of the vain 80s okay. that they are walking really stiffly because they're like muscle men. 
So mm. they're deliberately walking in a slight pose. And halfway towards meeting each other, Rocky kind of flexes his peck. Oh, right. And it really is like, this is fucking stupid. Now they're like <laughs> man figures having a fight. I might have to skip to that sequence. Oh, it's so funny. It's a bad film. It is objectively a bad film. But I, I'd be is very... Is it better or worse than Superman 4? Oh, it's far better than Or Superman. Die Another Day, or... Oh, Die Another Day is a harder one to say. Are the bad films that we've covered in I'd the rather series? watch it than Die Another Day. It's significantly shorter for a start. Okay. Um, but in terms of quality, yeah, it's better than Superman. I mean, they meant to make this film. They had plenty of budget. They made what they set out to make. So it isn't compromised like Superman 4, but it's really wrong-headed, dumb propaganda. If it is propaganda, there's no doubt. And, and if you're trying to make America look good, making you look materialistically obsessed the way they are in America, America is just not yeah. the way to do it. It's so, well, that's, it's yeah, so exactly. Haunting. Yeah, that's, well, that's what we were like in the 80s, when you pretty much. It's it was, bad, it's, it was, it's it the is, height of materialism. I would say it's an objectively bad film, but I would still rather watch it than Five. Five, I think, is a far, worse, is a far better film in many ways, but there's nothing like fun or interesting about it. Whereas Four... It's done in about 85 minutes. It's yeah. largely montages, and it's really fucking silly. So you'll have an hour and a half of montages. Yeah, more or less. Montage. Okay. Chris actually said last week, I think, that it's 30% montages, and that was off the top of his head, but I bet he's not far wrong. He's probably right, yeah. No, yeah, I, I, yeah. I'm pretty certain. I mean, like, there, there are, <laughs> there are huge off. chunks of the film which, you know... Well, if you were joking, you'd say, oh, it's 80% montage. It's clearly not that. No, I'd say it's more like... It's 25 to 30 percent. Yeah, so. it's about fourth. I mean, there's significant parts of the film which are kind of montage ish. I mean, maybe parts of the fight you can probably class that and then you'll probably get to that. Um, but yeah, it's. But it's. But it's ludicrous. You, you know how, like, when you got to the Star Wars prequels, certainly the first one particularly, kind of looked a bit like the originals, but it was all a bit dumber. Like, you'd go, well, why wouldn't the Jedi's know that? And he's called Sidious, you know, and stuff like that. Mm. Or fours like that. You're watching it just going, this is significantly stupider. Um, and it's really one note in its portrayal. And until one shot in the film, and I'll explain what that shot is next week, you're hard-pressed not to go, well, actually, the Russians are being quite unfairly maligned here. Oh, really? Yeah, I think so. The Americans just come off as fucking tossers in it. And they're not. I've, I've, you know, I've dated Americans. I've got friends who are Americans. I'm not saying that's how I feel. I'm saying that's what the film does. It's really clumsy. But you'll see it. You, you know, you'll see it as soon as you watch it. You'll just go like, this was meant to portray them in a good light. I, I think um, Rocky IV probably has the best soundtrack if you're on. Do you like your, your exercise at the gym or do any training whatsoever? It's got the worst score and the best soundtrack. <laughs> I must say, the, kind of, the soundtrack in, in this film, Rocky III, is... I've got to the point now where I've like heard it all before. There isn't anything new. Well, I mean, week, that's, that's not commenting on, on Bill Conti at all. Um, yeah, but it's not Bill Conti next week. No, I was going to say It's a lot more electronic and mm. not in a good way. Okay. So the score bits are rubbish. They'll train to music, and of course, it's not the stuff we know. No. So it sounds horrible, but there's a lot of source music and and songs that play over the montages that are like very cheesy fun. So 
if you were to take the 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 songs out of it, you've got a better selection than any other film in the series. But if you take uh, if you isolate the score, it's the weakest. Okay. And it is the height of you've got to think around this time. It's very eighties. Stallone. As well. Stallone yeah, he had a lot making, of electronica coming out. But Stallone got like a world record fee for Over the Top. He was making Cobra. Ram- Rambo 2 had been 85. And, yeah. and Rambo 2 had been a massive hit. Yeah. Um, and, and had really sort of entered the zeitgeist. You saw it, you know, um, parodied a lot in comedies and things like that. Um, his ego was on full throttle. And, and years later, he said that him falling out with Bill Conti was kind of a an expression of that if you like mm-hmm. he also left his wife for Bridget Nielsen oh I don't want to judge other people's lives but he'd been ha- supposedly happy, happily married for years and he's now been like happily married as far as we know again for 20 plus years and him and Bridget Nielsen lasted about 18 months and yeah, uh, it, it's all it's almost like he briefly lost his fucking mind he briefly lost like all sense of proportion on stuff and Rocky Four is like the ultimate um, expression of that. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right because this comes like a level of preposterous when it comes to Sloan in in some parts. But you know, uh, but he kind of always regains it back at an older age, doesn't he? he sort of, you know, he, he he does know how to like tug at the heartstrings, at least for me anyway. But as you'll as you'll see, we'll uh, we'll get into Rocky Four next week. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. I yeah, really am. I'm, I'm looking forward to just as much as I've it. never thought it was a good film. I'm looking forward to it. It's a lot of fun. I'm, I might do. Me too, actually. I might do uh, a Becca and just watch it twice. In fact, in fact, it's, it's so short. <laughs> this, this yeah, I, could, the to watch I it. could just like it, it is kind of linear through these three, in that like two is better than three, and three is better than four. But again, if I had to sling one on four, four is a lot more. It's a lot more fun, and it's a lot more iconic. There are shots in it that you you will know when you see them, even though you've not seen the film. Sure, the ones that have been most parodied or most copied. Yeah. Most certainly. I mean, it's 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 definitely very fun. I mean, you could easily just like just watch it and then just watch it again straight afterwards without there any problem. Whatsoever. Oh, it's so easy to watch. Yeah. Largely because there are so many montages. One of the things that makes the film weak is the lack of like original material in it, but it also means you whip through it in no time. Which is weird because I remember watching it again as a kid, and it seemed to like go on longer than I actually than I actually thought it was. But you watch it now, it's like, oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> when we get to it next week, I, I was actually taken by surprise on the running time, and it was lack of experience with films and something to do with the trailer. And I'll explain next week, but it was a complete anticlimax for me. <laughs> but I'll explain next week. Oh well, well I, I take it. We, have we got facts or quizzes? I've got quizzes. All right, then. Yeah, I don't know why I decided to do a quiz for this series, but it stupidly <laughs> easy questions, because it'll be, it'll be a laugh. So we've, we've got yeah. the answers for He's next week. facts for the next series, purely because bat facts works better than bat quiz. Bat facts, oh, yeah. Bat facts. Sorry. That's all right. We'll get, <laughs> we'll get you to sing We've already got the team tune, Chris. Don't worry. <laughs> I'll you know. get him to sing it for the first episode so I can loop it properly. I'll never sing it ever again. <laughs> oh, Oh damn! Oh. We won't get it. Oh, I'll, 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 I'll laugh like the penguin. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Becca, lay some factage on us through the medium of quiz. <laughs> okay, so my question's last week. Brilliant. See if you got these right at home, listeners. What was the name of the cologne that Rocky advertises? Makes it smell mainly. 
He's a beast. That's right. Well done. Um, where does where does he propose to you, Adrian? Right in front of her. <laughs> <laughs> on one knee. Down on one knee. By the lion, by the tiger enclosure at the zoo. That's the one. Back in Mickey's day, they trained by chasing what kind of farm animal? <laughs> a hen. No, no, no. A squirrel. A chicken. <laughs> a cock. No, no, that that was this week. Oh no, hang on. Didn't have to chase it. It came to him. <laughs> Quite literally, on a plate. Literally, mate. And uh, what was his job after being told not to fight? Well, I don't know what his job title was, but he worked at the meat packing packing plant. He was a meat packer. He was packing. Yeah. He's a meat packer. Yup. And what was Adrian's surname, which you can briefly hear during the wedding ceremony? Panina. Yep. Good job. So my stupidly easy questions this week. It sounds like a grilled sandwich, that. Very <laughs> nice with uh, some mozzarella and some pesto. Lovely. Sounds delicious. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking of that. Go on, then. <laughs> oh, dear. Okay, so my stupidly easy questions this week for Rocky 3 are who does Rocky fight in the charity match and what charity is it for? Okay. So Good that's two week. questions there. That's a, that's, that's, that's yeah, a so question... It's out of six this week. Oh, okay. One A and question one B. Right. Question two, how many rounds did it take for Rocky to get knocked out? Okay. And number three. Actually. Well, not, not, not knocked out as such, but well, yeah, how, but how, does, be, how does it end? How well, does it end? he was knocked out, but like how many rounds has he had in his career? Yeah, how many rounds? Yeah. Yeah. So it could have been like a thousand rounds. Okay, well, how many how point. many rounds does the match last? Yeah, okay. Make it nice and fair that way. Okay. Um, three more questions. Question number three. Name something... Rocky endorses in the opening montage where we've seen advertising various products. Um, oh, just just what they are, I don't need to know any names. Uh, question number four, what does Paulie get arrested for? And question number five, where is the final fight set? Where is it held? There goes my stupid easy we quiz mean question. The, we mean the venue, don't we? The venue of it, the location, okay. the actual name of the ring, where it is set. Cool. As we'll mention in this podcast. Just I Your questions are getting better, I reckon, by Rocky Balboa. We'll have a pretty competent quiz. <laughs> No, they're just stupid easy by, sort of By the time we get to Creed, you'll be like, like fuck, I, don't, I actually don't know the answer. I'm not, I'm not actually sure right? I can remember. I, I think I know what the charity is, but I'm not quite sure. No, I figure obviously because, you know, with your knowledge of action movie genre and obviously Dave being a big fan of, of boxing, um, you covered all the fun facts between you. So That's all right. I figure, right, what can I do? I'll do a silly little quiz. Let's do that. Next week, right, you've only got an 85-minute film. I know, I'm going to, have to like, with, 30 minute, with about 30 minutes of it being a montage, you're going to have to, like, pick up facts at a very, very fast rate. <laughs> you've, got to, you've got to formulate a question every 10 minutes or so. I will. Actually, and then you take off the few minutes that's the end of the previous film. I mean, there's not much new material next week. No. It'll be, like, previously on Rocky, and then the next montage. <laughs> That'll be on to Rocky Five. Okay, so where can you find us all on social media? Uh, you can find me at Cinematronics on Twitter, and you can also find um, this podcast, uh, as well as other podcasts I do, uh, on cinematronics.co.uk. You can find me at the Pasty Kid 1976 on Twitter. You can follow us on Twitter at ExpectUsToTalk. Also on Facebook.com slash ExpectUsToTalk. Um, and we're also on YouTube, so if you just type in Do You Expect Us To Talk on the search box on YouTube. Uh, also on letterbox.com. Um, so it's letterboxd with D on the end dot com slash expect us to talk. And uh, you can drop us an email, expect us to talk at gmail.com. And there you have it. 
So uh, I think that's us done now. Only to uh, uh, for Becca to uh, tell us what's next. So uh, Becca, yours. <laughs> I was trying to do a Roger Warren version. I didn't know why. So yeah, yours. Your own. Do you expect to stop or return with Rocky Four? <laughs>